Welcome to It's Your Turn. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and no matter how exhausted, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed you are, there is hope. You can start exactly where you are. There's nothing wrong with you. In fact, you're ready for it to be your turn or you wouldn't be here. You know, we hear words like vitality and confidence and empowerment and transformation, but what do they really mean? What do they look like in the practical aspects of our life? In the It's Your Turn podcast, we explore, learn, and put into practice practical tools and wise concepts for transformation. This is real life change, not platitudes. It's the intersection of the practical and the aspirational. It's your turn to make decisions that are aligned with exactly what you want. And if you've lost connection to what you want, that's okay, we'll reconnect it. You'll learn how to shift out of self-sabotaging patterns and tap in to the clarity, confidence, and vitality that you may feel like has been lost forever. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat of your life and embrace the power that is within you. So let's get to it. Today, it's time to believe in yourself. Now, I could have called this episode, How to Trust Yourself, or It's Your Turn to Stop Second Guessing Yourself. It's your turn to trust yourself. Um, But I chose to call it, It's Time to Believe in Yourself. So here we are. I wonder how many of you struggle in big decisions or small ones to trust yourself, to believe in what your own desires, your own inner guidance, your own thoughts, your own perspectives. Now, heavy emphasis there on the words your own, (laughs) because we all get incredibly influenced by society, by cultures, by social media, by our own habits and patterns that I'm going to make this distinction of for purposes of this podcast today. Those are not your own, okay? Now, they may be inside your own head. (laughs) I get that. But when I say believe in yourself, trust in yourself, trust in your own perspectives, What I mean there is the truth of who you are as compared to who you have been conditioned to believe, who your parents want you to be, who a mentor wants you to be, who your religious culture wants you to be, who patriarchy wants you to believe, who capitalism wants you to be. So all of those things are quite different and it can be really hard to distinguish between the two of them. Everyone's journey in life, to me, like everybody's purpose, is this very distinction, is to learn, discover, remember, is even a great word for it, who you truly are. The you that you were meant to be The you that you were the moment you were born. That's why I kind of like the word remembering because I think that we are our most authentic and perfect selves when we're born, right? Like you take a newborn baby and for several months into their lives 
and they are being exactly who they are. They're unapologetic about it. They're not worried about what patriarchy wants from them or capitalism or their parents or the church. They are crying when they want something or when they have, you know, they're upset, they've got energy they need to get out of their body. They're crying because they want to eat. They eat for as long as they want to eat and then they stop and they don't eat. So not, I realize not everyone has had a baby. I have had four. They don't eat when they're not hungry. You know, you can say, oh, well, it's time now for a bottle. I bottle fed mine. I know. Horrific by many standards. Don't tell the Leche League. <laughs> but I wasn't into breastfeeding. I just couldn't do it. Um, didn't like it. Again, not a very popular opinion, but it's mine. Uh, and so I bottle fed my babies, but uh, eventually most babies, even breastfed babies, will take a bottle of some sort, even if it's mother's milk. You can't make them eat when they don't want to. But if they're hungry, they're going to do it. And then they stop. And it doesn't matter if the bottle's empty or not. When they're done, <laughs> they're done, you know, or they're pooping or peeing exactly when they want to, whether you have the diaper on or off. <laughs> so we have these months of our lives where we're being ourselves and we're unapologetic and our own perceptions of the world are all that matter to us. Are we hot? Are we cold? Are we hungry? Or, you know, do we need to poop? Do we need, whatever it is. It's very primitive at that point because we're not doing a lot of things. And then slowly but surely, our parents, our church, our extended family, the culture at large we live in, will start to change us. And it might be very innocent. It might be very well-meaning, or it can be more traumatic, right? Like you think about a baby who is growing up in a war zone, which, you know, probably since the beginning of time, there has always been such a thing, right? And is happening today. And so just to give a dramatic example, because sometimes it's easier to see something in, in something that's a little extreme, you know, very soon after that baby is born, depending on the severity of the situation, maybe almost immediately, even that baby's willingness to express their needs to, you know, eat and sleep and be upset, that crying will be stifled by its parents. And of course that's happening out of need, right? Because of the horrific situation they're in. So I'm not criticizing that. Uh, it's just a, a great extreme way to see that, oh, like it's not the baby. It's not the baby deciding, oh, I think I'm gonna be quiet now because danger might be at hand. No, the parent is getting the baby to be quiet. In that case, it's for its safety. So let's come out of the more dramatic and get into more of a lifestyle that most of us listening probably were raised in, where there might have been some trauma going on in the family, but nothing as dramatic as war. And 
uh, of course, if you did grow up in something that dramatic, then, you know, I don't say this to diminish that. I'm just going to bring it back to something I know of, because I'm very grateful that I have not lived in a time of war happening, you know, around me. Um, and But I did grow up in some trauma. And I grew up in some trauma that was very socially acceptable. And so because of my church culture, because of my family culture, I got conditioned into behaving certain ways and not behaving certain ways, right? Like even something as simple, and I did this, especially to my oldest, bless her heart. Um, you know, sometimes I just feel like we all need to send out that blanket apology to our oldest children because we're just learning how to be parents. I was so strict on her with not touching things like I had this idea huh, that I should be able to leave all my things you know knickknacks figurines that kind of stuff break breakable things decorations on my furniture even when my toddler was a toddler and she should be able to learn not to touch them not you know let alone knock them over and break them right so I'm slapping her little hand when she reaches out to touch them. I mean, I feel like I even did this when she was in a walker, which I don't think anybody uses anymore because they they were kind of dangerous. But when I had my kids in the 80s, everybody was using them anyway. So she can't even walk. I think my oldest walked when she was like nine months old. So let's say she's seven, eight months old and I'm over there smacking her wrist. No, 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 don't touch that. You know, well, I regret that. Uh, and I have apologized to my daughter for that more than just here on this podcast. But it's just a great example of how I started conditioning out of her that very natural, very authentic desire to explore, right? And to be tactile with things, to feel things, to enjoy the you know pleasure of ooh what's this i've not seen this before what does that taste like you know whatever that all little kids have and so some of it we can rationalize as we're keeping them safe of course teaching your children not to run out in front of a car is a very wonderful thing to condition them to but there are many things that we start to condition our children to do or to not do that is for our own comfort it's because of our own wanting to fit in, or it's because of our own dysfunction that we're not even aware of, that we're expressing. So this one's easier if we think about our parents usually than ourselves, um, but things that you know people are expressing and living out on a daily basis that they really don't have any awareness of, or they don't have the awareness of you know, how it's impacting their kids. So a parent with a super bad temper, um, or a super controlling. I mean, I had such a controlling mother and I got in trouble if I looked sideways, you know, and then got sent to my room and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I get conditioned into, well, I must be a bad girl. And then on top of that, I'm raised in a evangelical fundamentalist religion that believes that we're all born sinners which to me is the most ridiculous thing in the world now, but it is what I believe for many, many years of my life because it's what I was taught. So this combination of a super controlling, strict mother who was always telling me I was a bad girl for this and that and sending me to my room 
and then a church upbringing that said, yep, gosh, you were a sinner who deserved a lifetime, uh, no, not a lifetime, an eternity in hell when you were born. And now you just need to be saved so that you get to have an eternity in heaven. Like that's a pretty dark duality right there. That's that's black and white as it in the extreme, right? I'm born bad and destined for hell. And the only way out is this thing they call salvation that has these certain steps. And then if I do that, that's good. And I get to spend eternity in heaven. So growing up under all that and a million other things that there's no time in this podcast to cover, I had many ways that I became someone other than my true self. So I told you pieces of my story there just to make a point. Hopefully as I was saying those things or now you can overlay your own experience and see how even though we all have different stories, there's a way that the dynamic of it resonates with you where even if you haven't thought of it in this perspective before, you know, you're born this authentic, ideal, lovely you, and then you get conditioned out of it. And so it is sort of, but the you that is the authentic, true you is still there. It's not like that baby we were is gone, so to speak. Like that's our, you know, our soul or our heart or however you want to think of that, our true self. And so it's always there. It just like gets covered up and covered up and covered up and covered up. Like if you think of a whole bunch of blankets on top of it, on top of it, on top of it, from all this conditioning and all the trauma and all the things. And it gets to where we don't see them. It, what we think is real, quote unquote, is what we're seeing. It's the top blanket on that stack that we're seeing. And we see that for so long, we get this perspective that that's reality. That's my truth. I'm going to use that with a small T. That's, you know, the truth of things. That's, you know, whatever. That's who I am. And so often who we are is actually just who we have been conditioned into being. It's not our true self. And so the work to me is that we are all here to do, because this happens to everybody in varying degrees, right? No, none of us escapes this. And so there's there's always this journey of re-remembering the truth of who we are to start peeling back those blankets, lifting off those blankets. And the more blankets we lift off, the more we heal, the more we have awareness and start changing the patterns that we've picked up along the way or we've been conditioned to or we've been taught along the way and say wait a minute you know there's there's something about that that doesn't feel true to me this other thing feels more true so we all have this internal gps that once we start looking for it we will find it okay and so that internal gps says like if you think about your car's gps right there's usually multiple routes, like you put in an address for something and there's usually more than one way to get there and you pick your route. So the conditioned ways we were um, raised and things that we picked up to cope with that, let's call those all those other lines on the GPS map, 
that are grayed out because they really aren't the best way to get where we want to go. The best way to get to where we want to go is usually blue, at least in my mapping system. Um, and it's a more direct route. <clears throat> but sure, we can go those other ways. And so that's kind of what our life is like until we start cultivating this level of awareness, this ability to tune in to our internal GPS and believe in it, to trust it, to say, even though everybody I know is going all these other ways on this map, they're going in a totally different direction to get where we want to go. But to me, it just feels like I should go, you know, this other way, go left instead of right or right instead of left, whatever. And being able to trust in ourselves and believe in our own direction to get there. Now, does that mean there won't be traffic jams? Does that mean there won't be possibly a detour and we have to get off or we missed the turn because we weren't paying attention? <laughs> I did this one time driving from Philadelphia to North Carolina and I don't know, somewhere around DC, I was just talking too much with my passenger and totally missed one of those bypasses, you know, to take you around DC and wound up, you know, in Silver Springs or somewhere that wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to be back on the bypass to get on night to be on 95. And, you know, it took us way. I mean, we were talking intently and it was probably 30 minutes or more before we realized, wait a minute, we are not on the right road. So it doesn't mean trusting yourself, believing in yourself, doesn't mean there aren't some, you know, detours or wrong turns here and there, but you realize it. And then you get back to where you were. You get back to that inner guidance system. And even if other people are poo-pooing you or putting you down or diminishing you or making fun of you or teasing you or whatever words they want to use for it doesn't mean we leave our own guidance system because what happens is that when we stop believing in ourselves when we stop trusting ourselves we are so much more likely to get into trouble to fall into an enormous pothole to you know, get caught in a construction zone, to get on a bridge under construction and get stuck, you know, like whatever, all the traffic metaphors I can think of there off the cuff, um, because it's not ours. So on this planet, every human being that is alive and ever has been and ever will be is unique, right? We have things in common, absolutely. But at the end of the day, there's a unique imprint on each of us. Each fingerprint is different. And so because of that unique imprint that's on you, how you get to the exact same place I want to get to, like, let's say we want, you know, to earn a certain amount of money or have a certain amount of business or be, you know, with a romantic partner or have children or not have children or, you know, live near the beach or not, you know, live in the mountains, whatever it is. Like we may want to kind of get to the same quote unquote destination, but we might do it in a different way. We might do it the same way, most of the way. And then I go one way and you go the other. And then we wind up, you know, at the beach together, <laughs> whatever it is, everybody's path is unique. So we can't look at other people 
and how they're getting there, wherever there is, and say, oh, I should be doing it that way. And that's a very popular notion in today's day and age that I should just do what somebody else has done successfully, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to relate to this because everybody's trying to sell us their formula for how they did their six-figure launch or they built their business and made millions or, you know, whatever it is, grew their email list or grew their Instagram followers, whatever it is. And they did this thing and it worked for them. And now you just do that thing and it'll work for you. And I say, well, fill in the swear words. No, <laughs> I always have a few colorful words to say in there, but today we'll just stay with no, because you're unique. I'm unique. The person who had that success that way is unique. Now that doesn't mean we have nothing to learn from them. Sure. I may want to know how they did it so I can decide, I can use my discernment to say, Ooh, yeah, I think I'll do that, but then I'm going to do this. That's a little bit different, or I'm going to do that thing slightly different, you know, whatever. And that becomes our unique fingerprint, right? When you think about the fingerprint compared to the person, like we could look at all people and say, we're virtually the same because we have heads, two arms, two legs, you know, the body, different color skin, different shapes, different sizes, whatever, but it's all a body, right? If aliens who had a very different shape came to earth, they might all think we all look the same, okay? And yet, when you come down to that minutia of the fingerprint, everybody's different. And so that's sort of the way living life is, like, and how to learn from others is it's like, oh, okay, well, I want to know how you did this, because that's going to give me clues, but then I may apply them and use them or add to them or subtract to them in my own unique way. This is what I love about one-on-one -on -one coaching. And you've probably heard me say this before, but what I love about it is that I can really dive into your fingerprint, okay? When I'm doing a podcast, when I'm doing stuff on Instagram, uh, even in a program, it's more general, you know, it's a little more generalized. And so it leaves it up to you more to like take it in and go, oh, okay, here's how I can take what she's saying and apply it to my unique fingerprint. When we're in one-on-one -on -one coaching, I can help you do that all along the way. And so that's part of the power of that and why I love that so much. Um, but there's, you know, more than one way to get there. So what I really want for you to take from today is to realize that you've got that inner guidance system, okay? First of all, if that feels new to you or you've been unsure about that, because I'm absolutely there are times in my life where I didn't even understand that concept, let alone believe I had one. So that's fine. Exactly where you are is exactly where you should be. So you've got that unique blueprint that unique, uh, yeah, fingerprint, we'll call it. Let's not confuse my metaphors. Um, you've got that unique fingerprint. And now you've got to start tuning in to what it has for you. 
And that's where that belief with a capital B or T with a capital T for truth, that's where those words are coming in, is that I'm pulling back those blankets and I may need some help from a life coach or a program or a spiritual teacher or whatever it is to help pull those back, all those conditioned ways of being, all my coping devices, all the things that I've been doing. Like one, a good example is procrastination. So there are many people and I've coached many of them who see themselves as procrastinators. So then that changes their view of themselves. They see themselves through the lens of being a procrastinator. So they say, well, yeah, I probably won't get that done on time or I'll leave that till the last minute or whatever, because they labeled themselves a procrastinator and now they are a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they will always do that because they're set up for it. They're set, people outside of them are probably saying that to them and they're saying it in their own heads. So they're expecting it there. If you want to use the law of attraction to think of this, they are attracting that procrastination because they are claiming it as so, okay? But if what if that is not true? So one of my favorite questions, I just did this with a client before I recorded this podcast. What if that story wasn't true? What if it's not true that by nature you're a procrastinator? Now, this may take a minute because immediately your conditioned mind is going to pop in and it's very quick. This is one way to, to tell. This is a great way of knowing whether it's the conditioned you is talking to you or your inner guidance system is. The conditioned you speaks to you very quickly, okay? And usually has a lot to say and says it very fast, okay? But your inner guidance system is going to be a little slower. It's going to be much calmer. It's usually even simpler, more in a like more direct way, you know, kind of a thing of just go straight for three blocks and then turn left, you'll be there. Whereas the conditions you will be like, well, you're going to have to, well, you need to hurry first of all, because you're probably late. And then there's going to be like three stop signs on the way. So, you know, be careful, look both ways, but like, stop nah, 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 and, and don't miss that left turn. And it's going to be very busy and very fast when your inner wisdom is going to be, yeah, honey, in total love, just go three more blocks and then turn left. Cause that's, that's the truth. So our truth is much um, calmer and simpler. Our conditioned ways of being are very fast and usually have some anxiety in them and urgency and all that kind of stuff. So like if you, if I were to say to you, what if you're actually not a procrastinator? Now, if you're not a procrastinator, fill that in with something else that you are a control freak, you know, whatever, whatever. What if that story about you isn't true? Well, right away, your conditioned self is going to be, no, but it is because I always turn everything in later. I'm never on time or I always wait till the last minute and then I'm frantic or then, I, you know, and it's going to really quickly just throw at you all sorts of proof that that story is true because your conditioned self doesn't want you to give that story up. Your conditioned self, some people would call this the ego, but I'm not fond of that term for this. Your conditioned self is just afraid of not being needed, okay? It's just been doing what it's doing for so long and it doesn't really know how to picture life without doing what it's doing. So it's just like very committed to it, okay? And so it's gonna start throwing stuff at you. 
Whereas your inner wisdom would be more like, huh, well, I do tend to show up late and leave things to the last minute and even turn stuff in late sometimes or miss my deadlines. But what if it wasn't because I was a procrastinator? What if that's not really true? Like your inner guidance is going to give you the sort of mental and energetic space to really consider that, to really ponder that. And here's what happened to me, because I used to think of myself as a procrastinator. But for me, what when I really allowed myself to ask that question without all that judgment and conditioned thinking on top of it, I realized, no, you know what, what it is, is I love um, excitement, like uh, with some different circumstances, one of which being being born a, a man instead of a woman, I probably would have been an adrenaline junkie. You know, like if you were old enough to know the movie, um, oh geez, I just forgot the name of it. You know, the surfing movie with Keanu Reeves and um, Patrick Swayze and Patrick Swayze and his surfing friends all rob banks. I mean, I can see the, anyway, this is how you can tell it's a live podcast that's unscripted. Um, point break. There it is. <laughs> um, there was a remake of it about 10 years ago or so, which is the same theme, but not quite as good of a movie to me. But anyway, I would have been an adrenaline junkie like that because I love that rush. Okay. And so what I realized is what I'm doing to myself is I'm very effective and can get a lot done when I'm close to a deadline. Now, I had to figure out some things in my own uh, inner guidance and inner sense of planning and discipline so that I didn't push it too close to the deadline because something can always go wrong, right? And then you're you're late, you're missing a deadline, whatever that is. Um, so I give myself some wiggle room, but the truth is, like this podcast, for instance, most of my podcasts, I record the week that it comes out on Sunday. Okay. In my mind, in my very organized planner mind, because I have a very organized planning mind, I'm going to, I pick a day and it's all, it's even always on my calendar for a couple hours at the beginning of the month. And in my mind, I'm going to record all the podcasts for the month and then you know, schedule them, be done with it, right? Check it off the list. I love checking stuff off my list. But the truth is what usually happens <laughs> is that I record it the week before. Sometimes, let's see, today is Tuesday. Sometimes I don't do it till Friday. Um, but I sort of like the thrill, we'll call it, of being up against a deadline. I sort of like the rush of that. And so instead of judging that, I just decided I was going to let that be okay. And so I do occasionally sit down, like when I started the podcast, when I rebranded it in December, um, I did do like three episodes that I introduced on like three days in a row. And then another one on that Sunday, which was like maybe day five of that. I think I started on Wednesday, did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, skip Saturday, and then did an episode on Sunday. And I think I recorded all of those in one sitting. Um, so I'm, I do sometimes do that because I, the organized part of me likes to kind of batch create like that. 
so I can then open up a bigger chunk of time in my calendar later on. But so far, two weeks into January, I recorded last week's episode a couple of days before it needed to run. And now I'm, you know, four days before this one needs to run. So the difference is, it. so back to my map analogy or metaphor, I'm going to get to my destination, which is to release this podcast on Sunday. But how I get there might be different. You talk to other podcasters and they might do it very differently. Uh, I know some podcasters that spend weeks and weeks recording episodes and then they drop five or 10 or 15 all at one time on the same day. So it's doesn't matter. We all have podcasts. I'm just doing it according to my fingerprint. Okay. And so, but there has to be a certain of sort of inner allowing. There has to be an inner understanding first. I had to learn these things about myself. And you learn by trial and error. You know, I did a bunch of batch recording. I remember in my podcast, you know, sort of growth, I did a bunch of batch recording because again, my organized mind wanted to do it that way. But then what would happen is sometimes by the time the third or fourth one ran, something else came up and my life or in the world or with a client that I was like, oh, I wish I was talking about this on this week's podcast instead of that thing I recorded, you know? And so then I'm like, maybe I don't want to do that many ahead of time. You know, there's no right or wrong to any of this. I'm just demonstrating what allowing looks like. There's no judgment. There's not a story that I'm doing it wrong. All great podcasters do it this way because somebody's got a class on the best way to do your podcast. And, you know, I'm using my own fingerprint to get to what I want. And that's what I want you to do. But we have to believe in ourselves. We have to trust in ourselves to do it because there's always going to be somebody who says, well, actually, Brenda, I'm an expert. And to really have a great podcast, you need to do it this way. You know, there's always going to be somebody outside of you who doesn't think you should do it the way you're doing it. And so we have to have the inner uh, resilience and strength to stay in our belief, stay in our truth, rather than abandoning it, abandoning it to go with what somebody else's truth is, which is probably a whole nother podcast. So we're just going to wrap it up here today. I would love to know if this resonated with you. So tell me if this idea, you know, the sort of overarching concepts being that this, your truth of who you are that you can totally believe in with a capital B is within you. It just may not be apparent to you because of all your conditioned beliefs, or you may think those conditioned beliefs are who you really are, like my procrastinator example, when in fact you're not. That's not the truth of who you are. You've just been doing it and telling yourself that for so long, and other people have been telling you that for so long that you believe it's you, but it's not. So there's the concept of pulling off those blankets through your own self-discovery, spiritual growth, working with me as your coach, whatever it is. And then getting to that truth and figuring out, you know, by trial and error, how to really uh, stay in alignment with your own inner guidance system. So how to really stay on that blue line on your Google map instead of detouring or getting distracted and getting off on the wrong road or just going away that also works, but isn't your way. 
So let me know how that resonates. And please share this with somebody that you know needs to hear it, okay? Share the podcast. If you got it through email, forward the email. If you see it on Instagram, share the post, you know, whatever it is, whatever you need to do, share the episode. If you're in, you know, Spotify or Apple or any of the numerous podcast outlets that this podcast is, uh, you know, listed on and share it with somebody who needs to know that the time is now to believe in themselves, that the time is now, it's your turn to believe in yourself, to trust yourself. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of It's Your Turn. I've got resources and links in the show notes for you, but here's what's more fun. DM me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach and let me know you listened to today's episode. I'd love to connect with you. And then share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it because I know you know somebody who needs to hear it. And I'll see you in the next episode of It's Your Turn.